What is up, everybody? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the common man's NBA podcast. I'm your host, Colin, here with my co-host, Noah, coming at you live on this Wednesday night to do kind of a fun little winners and losers of the NBA season so far. No fantasy talk, really, right now, but just uh, Noah and I kind of shooting the shit, you know, talking some some b-ball. Noah, you watch basketball? I basketball. I basketball? Oh, I, I watch basketball. Yeah, dude, it's uh, it's kind of been a banger of a regular season so far. I, some interesting storylines. I'm loving it. Some some teams kind of surprising you out the gate. It's uh, it, it's shaping up to really be one. I, I think there's a lot more competitive teams than we thought. Um, and some teams right now that you know two and a half weeks into the season. Are, are definitely underperforming, but you know I think I think they'll get their legs under them. So, you know we- we've got a season cut out for us, Noah. That we do, Con. Uh, before we get into what we're going to talk about tonight, Con, I just have to um, talk about what happened last night in the Lakers Rockets game. You know, I'm a I'm a sicko, Con. Of course, I'm up at twelve forty five watching the end of the Rockets Lakers game, like well, any sicko does, and. I believe, Colin, the Lakers are down five. No, Mm -hmm. the Lakers are up five, sorry. Um, In a close game with the Rockets. And Ken Bazemore gets fouled, Colin. The scorekeepers thought that the Lakers, or that the Rockets had already committed four fouls, with the new foul being the fifth. So they let Kent Bazemore shoot two free throws, Colin. He made them both. Another possession happened. A timeout gets called. The refs go over to the scorekeeper's table. They're like, no, the Lakers actually... Or the Rockets had actually only had three personal fouls up until that point. So the new one would have been their fourth, which would have meant they didn't shoot free throws. And the refs caught that, took away the two points from the Lakers, and the Lakers didn't get that ball back. And it didn't matter because the Lakers still won. But if they they would have lost last night, Colin... Oh my god, Twitter would have been on fire... And I'm just watching this, and I'm like, I've never seen this before. This is crazy. How, in an NBA game, <laughs> do you not know how many fouls there are? With, like, multiple people keeping track. Like, like these people are, like, these refs are paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to do their jobs. And you yeah, so I, so I actually think it was the scorekeeper's oh. fault. I don't think the refs okay. are, like, actively tracking during the game. And then I think they get the calls from, like, the scorekeeper's table that, like, right. they're in the bonus now. So I don't think that one's actually on the refs. That one's more on the scorekeepers. Right. But, like, even if you're the Rockets, like, how are the Rockets not like, no, we only have three? The Rockets were just like, yeah, sure, fuck it. Like, take <laughs> yeah. these free throws. See if we care. We're the Rockets. <laughs> crazy, crazy, Jesus. crazy. That's just, yeah, that's bad all around. That's awful coaching then. As a coach, yeah. you should know how many fouls you have. Yeah. Yeah. Like, on the <laughs> on the broadcast, were they saying anything, like, while the free throws were happening? Like, they hey, were, like, this really... No, they the announcers didn't know any better, but after it, they were just like, we have never seen anything like this before. That's, that's messed up. So, losers for the week, we're starting off NBA scorers. <laughs> the scorers table. <laughs> Specifically, the... L.A. Lakers scorekeepers and the Rockets scorekeepers. Terrible. Do you think those guys get fired now? 
They probably get executed publicly. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, like that's what we meant when we said Twitter's going to be on fire. Like they're just going to burn them alive. <laughs> inside Twitter, Twitter HQ. Yeah, inside Twitter HQ. Yeah, Jack's going to do it. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's good stuff. Mm. Yeah, I uh, I actually missed that one. I, I've been pretty busy this week, so I haven't been too up to date on uh, the, the happenings of all the games. But, oh, man, that's quite the ride. I'm... I'm I'm glad that you caught that, Noah. I'm glad you <laughs> kind of went sick so on the other night. The Rockets blew a massive lead in that game, though, right? Yeah, they they were beating the like, dude. The Lakers, I'm not kidding, gone for stretches. They'll just look like the worst team in the league. Uh, like AD, Russ, and LeBron just like won't assert themselves on the offensive end, and then on the defensive end, no one's trying for like minute stretches, and. They'll just look terrible, like they're dead. Yeah. And then they're just like, okay, we'll start trying. And AD starts posting up, LeBron starts driving to the rim. It's like, oh, yeah, this is really easy, actually. But they just don't want to do it for the full 48. (laughs) No, I I, so the Lakers are just – they're such an interesting team. I mean, I I think we talked about it maybe on the last podcast. Maybe maybe we didn't. But the average – Age of the Lakers roster is 30.8, 30.9 maybe now, because people get older and this was as of like two months ago. Time. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, time. Like, fuck that shit. <laughs> but the Miami Heat are the second oldest team, and they're a full two years younger than the Lakers. Jesus. Two Jesus years. Christ. Like, you can't tell me that, like, having a starting five where your youngest guy is Avery Bradley, like, you're not hampering on the defensive end in the regular season. Like, night to night, that's got to kill those guys. Like, they have, I'm pretty sure, they have two guys under the age of 30 that see, like, real minutes. And that's Malik Monk, who's 23... Taylor Horton Tucker, who I don't think has actually played a game yet. I think he's, he's been, been hurt. Yeah, Kendrick and Nunn. then Austin Reeves. Well, yeah, Kendrick. Yeah, Kendrick Nunn when he's healthy because I don't. Yeah, the, that's what I'm not yet. freaking out about, Con, because right now they're actually just straight up missing four rotation players and Trevor Reza, Wayne Ellington, Kendrick Nunn, and Taylor Horton Tucker. Um, I think all four of those guys are actually going to play for the Lakers, and I, I think Kendrick Nunn's going to help this team a lot. I think THT is going to help this team a lot. And the Lakers would certainly welcome Wayne Ellington to come onto the yeah. floor for them. Yeah, Trevor Ariza might be might be a little old. They're putting him on. Uh, they're putting him on ice until the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, he's just like at the nursing home recovering <laughs> in, until like April fifteenth. They have him frozen solid. Have, yeah. yeah. How old do you think Trevor Ariza is? He's like thirty three. No, he has to be older than that. I'm going to guess like 37. All right, let's play a game. Who's older, Trevor Ariza or LeBron? Oh, that's close because Ariza was on those like good Lakers teams. I'm going to guess LeBron still. It's LeBron, but only by like 200 days. Wow. <laughs> right? Isn't that kind of crazy that like Ariza were like, oh, man, that guy's incredibly washed, and LeBron were like, 
Dude, I found out. I found out the other day, Colin, that Ish Smith is on his thirteenth different NBA franchise. He's on the Hornets this year. What? And I think he only needs. He's not that old. I had to guess like twenty nine, twenty eight. Okay, he's actually he's older than I think. He's thirty three. Wow. Okay. Oh, definitely older than I thought. He he might break the record. Him and Jeff Green might be like setting that record because I think Jeff Green is one team less than Ish Smith right now. <laughs> no, his first eight years in the league, he spent a whole season with a team once, oh and that God. was in 2013-2014. <laughs> was on the Suns the whole year. His rookie Who did he get year, drafted He was by? on the Rockets and Grizzlies. Rockets? Uh, the Rockets. I assume he got drafted. That's where he played like the first game of his career. That doesn't necessarily mean he was drafted by the Rockets. <laughs> <laughs> Let's roll up. Um, I think he went undrafted. Interesting. He does not have his draft position. Journeyman. Yeah. Shout out Ish Smith. Yeah. I mean, seriously. <laughs> That's he did. He locked it down in Detroit for three years in a row. So He had a little yeah, stint he, he in Washington. There. Yeah, he, he two years in a row in Washington. You know? Locking it Good down in Smith. Detroit. <laughs> yeah. That's, those are some years, too. Actually, you know, one of those years, I think you had Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond, and they like made the playoffs, winning like 44 games. <laughs> Got destroyed by the Bucks. Blake Griffin didn't even play in the first round. <laughs> yeah. They just, like, that was, like, one of those series where they, like, called it after three. <laughs> like, they, like, the Bucks were just up three nothing. They're, like, actually, like, there's no point in playing game four. Like, let's just let's move <laughs> We're just on. going home. Yeah, like, I know that we did make the first round best of seven, but in this isolated scenario, it's just best of five. <laughs> it's better for everybody that way. Alrighty, Noah, let's move on to our first winner of the week. We're going to flop back and forth. This is, you know, that that was kind of some, some loose fodder. This is really, you know, what we've hammered down as the winners of the week. Or the the winners of the season so far, Noah. And the first winner, it, it has to be the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat look like they might be the best team in the NBA right now. They they really do, Con. They really do. Right now the Heat are six and one con. They have an offensive rating of hundred and fifteen, second best in the league. They have a defensive rating of ninety eight point four con. First in the league, um, offensive rating and defensive rating are is calculated by points scored per 100 possessions. And this team, Con, this team is crazy right now. Um, before the season, I called Bam as my um, defensive player of the year this year, Colin, and they are they're the best rebounding team in the league, Con. In total rebounds, they're the best defensive rebounding team in the league, Con. They have the seventh most assists in the league. Um, they stroke the three, and I thought I think the Heat's offensive situation is so interesting, Colin, because in all things considered, Tyler Hero is the f- probably fourth in the hierarchy on the Heat. It would go Jimmy, Bam, Kyle, Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero, but the Heat have made Tyler Hero, Colin, their number one scoring option on offense. He is their number one guy. He averages 18 field goal attempts a game. Jimmy averages 16, and Bam averages 14. Uh, right now, Jimmy's beating him in points per game. Uh, Tyler's averaging 22. Jimmy's averaging 25. And 
I just thought that was crazy, Colin, because we're so used to seeing with final, with NBA championship caliber teams, your best player is generally your good number one option on offense. And that's not how the Heat are doing this, and I vibe with it, Colin. Yeah, it's it's an interesting format, you know. Everybody clowned on Tyler Hero when he said, you mm-hmm. know, that he feels he should be in the same conversation yes. as Luca and Trey Young. And it's like, well, you know, we made fun of him, but how many finals appearances have Luca and Trey Young had? Just like, to just looking maybe, at this season, Colin, Luca so far averaging twenty two and a half, forty three percent field goal, twenty four percent from three. Trey Young, twenty two point three points, forty three percent field goal, twenty nine percent from three. Tyler Hero, forty six percent field goal, forty percent from Ooh. three. Ooh. Um How he many leads again? he twenty two point four. He leads Ooh. the league con right now in uh points off the bench, hundred fifty seven. The gap between him and the second best player is four. Let me guess who the second best player. Mm, Jordan Clarkson. I, yeah. Um, Let's go. That was and the gap between him and second is 40, Con, and that the gap between second and 10th is 40 points. Oh, my God. So this guy's having a fantastic season. Um, this uh, Just another stat, Con, because Tyler Hero's been going sicko mode. It's his 24th game of 20 or more points off the bench for the Heat, tying Goran Dragic for the franchise's all-time lead. And this guy's really? 21. God. Yeah, I was watching ESPN the other night, and they had done an interview with him, and he basically said, you know, they've asked me to do this sixth-man role, which isn't where I want to be, but it's what the team needs out of me, so I'm going to be the best six-man ever. And turns out, he might be right. Through two and a half weeks. He was not a captain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's absurd. And that Heat team just runs like a well-oiled machine. I mean, I know you don't like Jimmy Butler as a superstar, but he is incredibly efficient. He's having he a hell of a season. You, yeah, he does everything you need him to. Bam is just an absolute lockdown defender. I don't know Sans Chris Paul if there's a better veteran point guard in the league than Kyle Lowry. I really don't. I'm um, just Kyle. a guy who does it all. Kyle Lowry has felt like he's played on with this Heat team for years, Colin, really. Um, we knew what he was going to bring on the defensive end. He, I think the Heat knew, we knew that he was going to be the extra push on the defensive end that they would need to turn them from really good to maybe league best. And on offense, he's really fell into that playmaker role, Colin, and he's perfectly fine with it. And that's exactly what this Heat team has needed. Um, I think Kyle Lowry, sneaky, might throw like the most catchable lobs in the league, Colin. It's like, he's not flashy, but it's always there, always in the perfect place. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, that's just Bam's game. I mean, just just throw it to the man. Yeah, and what's crazy, Noah, is, like, on paper, the assist numbers are nothing really different than what he's produced this last decade with the Raptors. But that offense just seems to run so well through him. And I think it's because... You know, outside of Kawhi Leonard, uh, I I don't know if I can think of a, another true like playmaker that he's played with. You know, whereas you have a guy like Jimmy, 
who also looks to create shots for other people. Mm-hmm. I, I think that combination just works so well. And I mean, especially just with the talent on that Heat mm-hmm. roster. Now, Noah, I know Oladipo has not played a game for the Heat yet. Do you think that he's a a piece that adds to this team? I mean, he's just he's the craziest I, I think NBA player in my mind right now. In that, literally, like a year ago, he was offered a hundred million dollars, and now he's playing on Vetman. I mean, yeah, he's just a massive question mark at this point, Colin. He can't stay healthy. I think at most the the Heat would see him as a bench scoring piece, but they already have Tyler Hero. Like, you can't possibly mm-hmm. like. I don't know. I just don't. I don't think the Heat see themselves needing Victor Oladipo to win a championship. Um, I think anything he does for them really is just a plus. But um, this Heat team, Con, would beat the brakes off the Lakers team that they played in the bubble. They would destroy them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've got a more mature Bam. I mean, I think that definitely helps. Mm -hmm. And then I think the point guard play from Dragic and Nunn to what Kyle Lowry is providing is, uh, you know, it's pretty significant. It's <laughs> going to put you on our winners of the the season so far list. It's mm-hmm. going to do that at the very least. They're looking – I, I honestly didn't think they were going to take the regular season so serious, Colin. I thought they would just be a team, you know, we just want to get in the playoffs and then we'll start playing our best basketball. But I think the league, the East is up for grabs right now, huh? Colin until Harden starts mm-hmm. playing better, until the Bucks get healthy, and I think the Heat are looking to until claim that crown. Yeah. They very well could. And, I mean, the last point I'll make about the Heat is Eric Spolster should probably have five Coach of the Year titles. And he I should think just he get every one. year. Like, every year, like, it should just be like, hey. It should start off at his, pro- and someone yeah, has like, to take it's it like, from him. It's like, okay, if the Spurs make the conference finals, Pop gets it. If not, it should just go to Spolster. <laughs> that's like that's it. Like, all right, fair enough. Yeah. So, it, Pop should also get it if he sits superstars during primetime games, like more than ten games a year. And he's like, "Hey, like I invented this thing. It's gonna take <laughs> over the league in like five years." <laughs> People won't shut the fuck up about it. All right, so Noah, going to our, our first loser of the week is sticking with the uh, the team dynamic. It's a team that you know I, I think they really cemented this this spot on the losers list uh, with an absolute choke job Monday night against <laughs> my Chicago Bulls. It's the Boston Celtics, and so far they they've played some close games and they actually picked up a a pretty shitty win tonight against the Magic scoring 92 points fire but they don't know what they're doing right now they do and not. Jason Tatum looks bad <laughs> yeah like i mean like <laughs> i mean bad is like relative to what we've seen from Jason Tatum he's right. still averaging 26 and 6 but it can it can be felt on the court con um, that's something that maybe you can't see in the stats you kind of have to see them play and they're just a weird team con they're filled with talent um they have two 
absolutely elite forwards in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um, but this year, Con, they're 18th in offensive rating. They're 27th in defensive rating. Um, the defense, there's really just no, like, argument as to why they should be that bad, Con. 27th in the league for the Boston Celtics in defense. That's just absolutely terrible. Um, they have defenders on the roster. They have Marcus Smart. They have two forwards who mm-hmm. certainly could try harder on defense, but it comes down to the offensive end, Con. And Marcus Smart had some comments the other day about how, you know, Tatum and Brown sometimes just need to pass the ball. And I kind of agree with that. I think Tatum and Brown do have to do a ton on the offensive end, Con. They really do have to generate almost 60% of the Celtics' offense every night, but I think if the Celtics team wants to start winning more games and actually become a championship team in the future, one of Brown or Tatum, if not both of them, one of the, they have to develop their playmaking to like an elite level or else they'll never get to the next echelon of players, you know? Yeah, they're, they're an interesting one because... I, I look at their roster, the way that Al Horford's been playing so far this year. I mean, it, it awesome. looks like he really hasn't missed a step since he left the team. I think that Robert Williams is a, the the perfect, like, new wave center where the height isn't there, but he plays that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's called Time Lord for a reason. The blocks come at ease for him. It's really just th- this point guard position for them just seems to be something they cannot figure out. It's really the the one piece that they've struggled with throughout. They can never get Kemba to click. You know, Marcus Smart, while great on defense, really struggles on offense. And, you know, I, th- I think it comes through in a lot of the ways that the Celtics run their offense. You see Tatum and Brown bringing the ball up, and their point guards generally just kind of being a, a shooter. You know, the role of the shooting guard and well, that's fine. It, it just comes back to your point of nobody on that team is a great playmaker. Like I don't, uh, I don't. I'll, I'll pull it up as we speak. But who do you think has the most assists on that team right now? Um, I think it's Schroeder. Yeah, it, it's Schroeder with six and a half, but. You know, he's coming off the bench, and we've seen Schroeder's struggles in L.A. next to other superstars. Do you think that Schroeder's the answer? Because I I personally don't. Like, I don't. And I don't think that's. Like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, because I think there's a difference between assists and playmaking. And I, that's that's not a, a hot take at, at all because it, that, there absolutely is. Yeah, hey, calm down, guy. I'm I'm spilling out the hot takesies over here. So I, I just don't think that they're going to get anywhere in this offense until they find somebody who's willing to take a step back and not be a score first <sighs> person that can actually set up the offense because that's just not what Schroeder is. It's not what Marcus Smart is. Nope. And it's not what Jalen Brown or Tatum are. So nope. they're fucked until they get a point guard. Um, yeah, I I really think they should have gone after Lonzo Balcon. They should have somehow worked out a trade last year to where they could have sent Marcus Smart to New Orleans for Lonzo Ball. Uh, he would be the perfect yeah. guy for this team. And yeah, until they until they either make a move for a point guard con or they start 
passing better as a team, they're going to lose a lot of games. Oh, big time. Big time. Yeah, speaking of Alonzo, though. Ooh, he's looking sexy. He is looking so good. Yeah, that's Celtic Sock. All right, Noah, our next winner of the week of this season. Jesus Christ. It, it's got to be the, the most improved candidate. Man. Like, by a mile, right? Yeah. Yeah. The only <laughs> other guy that I think I would consider is the, the next guy we're going to talk about on the winner's list later. There's There's a couple guys. I think that these two gentlemen specifically have separated themselves, at least to this point in the season. Okay. All right, Noah. This guy's Miles Bridges of the Charlotte Hornets. And, oh, my God, has he just been lighting it up. Out of nowhere, really. Like you, no, I'll, let you, I'll let you go You know, while, while I pull my stats up. Give me, give me your take on Miles Bridges. You know, I, I've spoken for maybe a little too much. Yeah, this he this is just one of the reasons the uh, the NBA is so awesome is a guy like Miles Bridges can come out and have this good of a season, Con. I don't want to brag or anything, but in the Hornets offseason video, Con, we were talking about contract extensions. I was talking about how Malik Monk should take his contract, but he might bet on himself and not take it. He did bet on himself. He went to the Lakers. And I said a guy that would totally bet on himself and not take what the Hornets gave him initially was Miles Bridges, baby. I called it gone. I knew he was going to have a good year. Um, no need to thank me. It's a thankless job, Con. Um, but so it far. It is a thankless job. And might I add, I have Miles Bridges in fantasy, and I almost dropped him, at, like, after game one to, like, waiver wire him. And I was like, hmm, that was kind of a banger. Like, that would have been all time oof. Yeah, that would have been all time oof. <laughs> yeah, it actually it might have even been before he played. That Jeez. that might have been it. And I was like, uh, like you know, I kind of took him late. Like, what do we really expect out of him? <laughs> and I was like, no, we're gonna hold Hodel, and it, the Hodel really worked out in this scenario, like extremely. Yeah, yeah so far on the season, Colin, he's averaging twenty three points, eight rebounds, three and a half assists, a block, and a steal a game, Colin. Um, shooting splits are 47%, 34% from three, 88% from free throw con for an effective field goal percentage of 54. Um, I mean, he deserves a ton of credit for what the leap that he's looking like he's taking. He's scoring the ball consistently con. His jump shot's reliable. He's very competitive on the defensive floor. And while he's not going to average 26 points all year con, I don't think, he fits so well next to Lamelo, and I think the Hornets are going to regret not getting an extension done because Miles Bridges is going to get paid now. Yeah, yeah, they're they're actually in the the process of getting whooped right now by the uh, Warriors, and he has twenty eight and five at the end of the third quarter. Yeah, dude, he set for career highs, Colin, in points per game, rebounds per game, three pointers made per game. Free throws made per game, free throw percentage, and effective field goal percentage. So, so I, I think this is kind of where we, we got to go with Miles. Is you know he was a talent coming into the league. He's kind of you know staggered a little bit. Now we're seeing what he's really capable of. When Terry Rozier comes back, what does this offense look like? You know, and I, I think that's the easy question, but I think it's the question we have to ask ourselves because. 
we have a guy on this team that again would have made the playoffs without substantial injuries to Gordon Hayward and Lamelo, who scored twenty points a game for them last year. Mm-hmm. Does Lamelo take the 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 shift and? He's really just a playmaker and not a score-first guy. I don't think that's the answer. I don't think that Gordon Hayward's role takes a a, a dip either, just in the way he plays. And if anything, Hayward and Miles play more similarly than anybody does to Terry. So uh, how do you envision that working in a team that's generally been pretty successful so far this season? Uh, the way I see the uh, Hornets' offense and how it works is Lamelo's the playmaker first call, and he's a scorer second. Most of the time, his playmaking is so good that it gets him open offensive shooting opportunities. But Lamelo's that team's playmaker call, and he's the one who wants to make things happen. And I think he's fine not scoring if he's getting double-digit assists every night. Um, Terry is that team's most consistent scorer call. He led them in points per game last year, and I think he's just the consistent 20 points that the Hornets need every night to win. Um, so I don't see his role or the mellow roles changing. I think I think where Miles Bridges can jump is he can jump to third in this hierarchy over Gordon Hayward, Con. Um, and by jump, you know, I mean Miles Bridges can average more points per game than Gordon, and if that's how Miles Bridges affects the floor through his scoring and his defense on the other end, I see. I see what Gordon brings, and he has scoring. He plays defense, but I think Gordon's playmaking is what makes him um, more valuable than Miles. So to me, I could see those two both being competing. They're like a three A, three B best player. But if Miles can mm-hmm. score twenty every night, and Gordon can get five assists, Terry Rozier scores his twenty points. Lamelo gets his assists. That's a hard team to stop. That's a very hard team to stop. So we actually are kind of going to get a preliminary answer in that Terry Rozier is actually making his debut tonight, Noah. Uh, and so at That's the end of the true. third quarter, <laughs> oh, has he played? Did he play the other day? Yeah. Oh, he's actually, oh, he's he played a game he's, a couple games ago too. Yeah, he did. <laughs> oh man. I have him on all wow. three of my fantasy teams, so I know he's playing. Look at you go. Well, He's yeah, he's been pretty consistent. Tonight he's playing like Garbo though. He's one of eight from the field, two points, four boards. But it, it does kind of go in line with the idea that Miles the last couple games, his points have been down, but he's at twenty eight tonight. He's gonna pop thirty and he's taken eighteen shots, the most on the team. Clearly his role I think is still there. I think it's still mm-hmm. carved out. I Yep. The, the thesis is I don't think Miles Bridges is going anywhere. Yes. Well, you know, his scoring might dip. You know, the natural regressions will happen. I think that Miles Bridges has taken a very significant step forward. Yes. And he should be looked at as Yeah. Such. The thing coming in, the thing last year was, Colin, that the Hornets valued uh, P.J. Washington, I think, more than Miles Bridges. And I think that was shown by P.J. Washington started most games while Miles Bridges came off the bench. And Miles Bridges is just leapfrog P.J. Washington, who I still think is a fantastic forward. Um, the Hornets are lucky. They have they have they really have like three forward depth con. They have Miles Bridges, um, P.J. Washington, and Kelly Oubre, along with Gordon Hayward, and that's that's really good forward depth. Uh, breaking news, Noah. Breaking news, live on the pod. Uh, this is back to the Celtics. 
Woj just tweeted out, he retweeted actually from Tim, ba- Tim Bontemps. ESPN story, the Celtics held a player-only meeting in the wake of Monday's collapse against the Bulls, sources told Woj ESPN, and responded with a win against the Magic. <laughs> That's well, too early to be having a players-only meeting. Well, we're Jason Tatum in. and fucking Jalen Brown, in. like, pass us the ball more, guys. We're going to shoot a bit more. You're having a players-only meeting two weeks in? I mean, come on. Like, that's it. You can't you can't use your first players-only meeting in, no, in November 3rd, November 2nd. That's, that just means that you don't have a coach. You got to get rid of the coach then. Because they, they had two wins. The players met. They won the third game. You, you get rid of the coach. That's, that's what having a players-only meeting this early does to you. Prove me wrong. I mean, you could see it as that. I could see it as them trying to address this problem on early and save their season too. Because you, I mean, what more can the coach really do for that Celtics team, Con? Like, he could be like, "We're gonna draw more plays for Tatum and Brown, but we're gonna have no one to pass to them." Yeah, no. I mean, I I was definitely being facetious uh, in in that sentiment. You are a pretty facetious guy. Yeah. But I I do think that there is something to the idea that, like, really you had to you had to have a players only meeting this early, like to me that really is just indicative of of larger problems, and we know that there's been culture problems there. That's why Brad Stevens, you know, is now the GM. That's why he shipped out Kemba. The the whole Gordon Hayward thing. Maybe it stems a, a little bit deeper than those guys, and it's it's uh, a, a bit more inward and a bit more relative to some of that core. I don't know. Oh, alrighty, we're we're going pretty slowly here, so let's pick up the pace a bit. The Pelicans and Zion are absolutely a loser Sad. because they've already shown that. They're not going to be competitive Season's for over. another year with Zion. Season's over. Don't even bring Zion back. Like, come on. I know Brandon Ingram's missed time, but how are you just going to have this generational talent? I know the back injury is the back injury, but just not do anything to put anyone around him. Foot injury. It just... The foot injury, back injury, what's the difference? <laughs> the foot is the back of the lower body. That is true. So. <laughs> it's it's really frustrating if you're a Zion fan <laughs> or a Pelicans fan. Yeah. One in seven, Colin, to start the season last in the Western Conference. Um, they're 22nd in offensive rating, Colin, 26th in defensive rating. And... I mean, I don't even know what to say about this team, Con. It just makes me sad that Zion's on this team, that Brandon Ingram's on this team. Um, the, the I mean, the roster construction just seems kind of doomed to fail, Con. Like, you just look at their roster and you're like, mm. hmm, this is the best team possible that we could form, that we could form around Zion. And you're like, no. Um, the one saving grace of this team, Con, you can talk about him, your boy. Guy. It's my guy, you know. I I went up in drafts a little bit to get this guy. 
ESPN and their stupid ranking system had him ranked as the 115th player. It just didn't make any sense to me. I, I, I read some other blogs, looked at some other lists. He was much higher everywhere else. And so in the fifth round of, of both ESPN drafts we had, I took Jonas Valanciunas, and I have been rewarded by play through eight games. He's averaging 19.9 points, 14.5 boards, and the, just an absolute killing there. He's shooting 90% from the free throw line, 50 from the field. He makes it, he's actually, he's shooting 50% from three on 12 attempts. That's, that's more than one a game. And, uh, you know, he's averaging over a block a game, steal a game. It's, it's just good stuff. It's good stuff out of him. <clears throat> the rest of the team, I don't know what they're doing. Boo. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, Zion looking. Getting stretched on time. Yeah. yeah. Zion, Zion looking. Did you see thick. the thing that he was like 300 pounds? Thick old I boy. couldn't tell if that was a joke or not. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I think it was a joke, but like he's... <laughs> thick on. He's thick up on. there. He's up there. Alrighty, now real quick, I gotta shout out my bowls. I know they lost to the uh, 76ers tonight, but... <laughs> You know, six and two to start the year. Demar Derozan popped off thirty-seven again tonight. He has found his rhythm. Uh, really, the only the only bad thing coming out of the Bulls camp right now is Patrick Williams done for the year. That kind of blows. Or done for the regular season, at least. I presume done for the year. That blows. He was really going to be a defensive anchor, um, but. Levine's playing some fantastic basketball. Lonzo Ball was doing exactly what we need out of him. Vooch mm. has, has been a bit of a roller coaster. He had a really atrocious night tonight, only four points. And, uh, you know, I hope stopped Joel Embiid to, to some extent. <laughs> but, you know, y- you still lost. And uh, when Vooch is only putting up four points, something's mm. wrong there. So, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm kind of hoping we target Marvin Bagley, Noah. That would be pretty big for us. Yeah, I... I, I went back and listened to our free agency uh, pod, Colin, and I listened to when we were talking about the Bulls, and I didn't realize that, like, you know, you know the impact Lonzo has on the floor, Colin? It can kind of be seen um, just, like, play-to-play, mm-hmm. game-to-game. Like, you directly see what Lonzo's doing on the floor to help make the Bulls better at team. Yeah. And I just think it's hilarious how, like, that's – it's not really the case with DeMar. Like, he is scoring all those points. But DeMar has already directly translated to maybe two more dubs. He's just straight up won two games by himself for the Bulls already. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really crazy to see. And, yeah, I think uh, Vooch has got to kick it up. I think once Vooch finds his grooves, this team's really going to be hard to stop offensively. And they have the fifth-best defensive rating right now, Colin. Like, if that even stays, if they're a league-average defensive team and keep the offense the same, they're yeah. they're a tough game for anyone, really. Yeah, actually, sorry, I was watching the game tonight against the 76ers, and uh, Stacy King, all-time announcer, you know, made a comment. You know, he he said at one point it was late in the fourth quarter, and Vooch was just kind of standing on the perimeter, and he was like, you know, I don't want to say it, but Vooch is kind of looking like Markinen from last year just kind of hanging out at the three-point line because he doesn't really know what else to do. And it's like, that's just not where we need you. Yeah. Like, I know you're a good three-point shooter, but 
with the way the offense operates, when you Get have a guy like Embiid locking down the middle, you have to be a body down there. And like that's what we need you. You know, Levine is a shooter. Lonzo's a shooter. DeRozan is a mid-range shooter. And he's actually, he's picked up the three a bit this year. But your role is down there. You are our center. So I, I think that, you know, and he's got a nice stroke from the outside, but I think we're going to push him to a more traditionally center role moving forward based on what I saw tonight. Hmm. I, I hope so because I think you guys need that change. Um, the things that kind of surprised me when I looked at your basketball reference, Colin, well, one thing didn't surprise me. You guys get absolutely killed in rebounds. You're the 28th best yeah. rebounding team, but <clears throat> I don't really see that changing, Colin. Like, I don't really think the Bulls have the assets they currently have to improve that rebounding. Um, you don't get many offensive rebounds. You're the second worst offensive rebounding team in the league. And you're actually dead last, Colin, in three points, three pointers attempted a game. But you're fourth in two pointers <laughs> attempted a game, which I guess is kind of what a well, DeMar DeRozan team is. That's DeMar DeRozan. But, but uh, I believe we're top five in the three point percentage. You are. You, so when we are third. taking the shots, yeah. Yes. So when we are taking the shots, they're, they're going in. Yeah. I mean, when you have a guy like DeMar. <laughs> it's funny. That's what DeMar offense, turned your team into. Like, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, I'm taking it. You yeah. Know. Yeah. He's, he's damn good. Yeah. Uh, all right. Really quickly, let's uh, do another winner of the week. In that has to be John Morant, Noah. Yes, sir. Is he the MVP? Was that correct? Was, maybe I wasn't correct, but was I close enough that I should be rewarded for him being my preseason MVP? Like I am already. impressed. Like I was I'll already kind of right. I am impressed. I was I'll already kind of right. I will give you that, Con. You were right, but you you did have a link to that, and I am thoroughly impressed. I'll take it. I'll take it. I have money on this, too. You know so my word means like, I more than actually any amount of money you could ever acquire. It's like I'm, I'm, like, grand, your, I'm so. like your dad. It's grand. I don't know if your, your words are worth a grand to me. All right. I see how it is. Guy. Guy. He's just be worth a grand it was like a 20 dollar bet by the way i'm not like some massive high roller the odds were pretty good i like them a lot yeah i don't know what else we can say about john moran i mean he beat the nuggets tonight he's just he's on a goddamn roll he does everything for that team it's a good team it's built very well around ja uh they're incredibly fun to watch he's incredibly fun to watch and no i said it he reminds me of Derrick Rose. Just that athleticism around the rim, the high flyingness. It's it's not quite the circus act that Derrick was, and I mean that in the best way possible. <laughs> because it, it truly was just a circus to watch him put some of those shots up. But it's 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 there. And it's just oh mm-hmm. it's it's tantalizing. I think the I think very cold take the Grizzlies are my second favorite team this year. Interesting. Yeah, John the year, Colin, averaging 28 points, 5 rebounds, 7.5 assists, shooting 52% from field goal, 38% from three, 82% from the free throw line, Colin. And the things that have really elevated him this season to see that jump, Colin, was his three-point attempts. He's on, he's up two more attempts a game, shooting 8% better from last year, Colin. Um, his assists also went up. 
and he he seems to have taken that third year leap con and even with he's had absolutely crazy performances so far this season con but the grizzlies have needed it they're only five and three con that's with john moran playing at an mvp level and i'm hoping to see jaron jackson jr start playing better he had a pretty good game tonight i think he had 22 8 three blocks and if he can play well con this grizzlies team is dangerous with Ja playing at this level that he is currently yeah, and I, I will point out, they've beaten the Nuggets two games in a row now, and their loss has come to the Heat, Blazers, and Lakers, while they have wins against the Cavs, Clippers, and Warriors, on top of the two wins against the Nuggets. That's that's kind of a, a heater of a schedule so far. You know that, huh? Um, you know that John Moran is on one con this year because he is just dominating the Instagram highlight pages? Yeah, that's exactly how you know. <laughs> Like just like look at House of Highlights. Whoever gets the most highlights, yeah, that's not named LeBron James. Like, John Moran's getting like five a night from one quarter. <laughs> we take those. Yeah, no. Total side note. I think winner of the the league so far is the NBA fans because there's there's so much parity around the league right now that. I'm looking right now, and I see two teams in the Eastern Conference and four in the West that I think are are bad teams. Mm. And I think on any given night, the other 24 teams could be competitive with each other. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Like, the Cavs have looked good so far this year. (laughs) You know, Evan they, Mobley they've winner. got a lot of, yeah, Evan Mobley winner. Rookie class I mean, in general, honestly, winners, Con. Yeah, for real. I mean, the Raptors are 6-3 and three right now. They're a sneaky 6-3, really, Con. They're a sneaky 6-3. Yeah, I, I think they've won like four in a row. I was surprised when they've I saw that. Five in a row. They've won five in a row. Yeah. And the Wizards are five and three. Obviously, I I know we're three weeks into the season. I know <laughs> things will change. I know some of these teams will just take a dump, and I know that you know the Lakers will play like the Lakers. But it's cool. It, it's very fun to watch. It is very cool. All right. Um. No. Give us. Uh. Do these losers kind of back to back? Um. All right. Real quick, Con, because I want to talk about my Pacers a little. You know, we talked about the Bulls. We got to talk about the Pacers. Uh, but one of the losers the is loser one of the losers is the Blazers and Dame Con. The Blazers are three and four to start the season. They're. It's just the same. Like Con, I I actually took a vow. I will not be talking about the Utah Jazz this entire season, Con, until they prove it to me in the playoffs. I I'm just done talking wow. about them. We're gonna say the same shit about them every time, and if they they're gonna lose in the playoffs again, so I'm not talking about them until I see them do something. But it, I kind of get the same vibes with the Blazers, Colin. Like they're gonna be a great offensive team. They're gonna be a dog shit defensive team. Um, they barely made any roster changes. They brought in Larry Nance. He hasn't done shit for them yeah. yet this year, and it's just same old, same old. This team's gonna go as far as they. I've always got, which is like the second round, maybe a good conference finals. But they just they've just reached their ceiling with this team con. I a coach isn't changing that. And Dame's off to a really bad start to the season con. Eighteen points, four rebounds, eight assists. 
He's taken nine threes a game, Con, hitting them at 23% so far this season. Jesus. And this was a guy that was taken, what, top eight, top seven in your fantasy, Con? Yeah. It's just I terrible. Mean, I, I, I know Dame's going to turn it on. Dame will figure yeah. it out. Yeah. But the Blazers are just, they're just the Blazers, Con, and I'm tired of them just being the Blazers because they Dame deserves the world, Con. Yeah, do you think there's any fatigue there from Dame just like there has this to be. is year 9. This guy must like, think he's stuck in like a time loop. Shit. Yeah, he's just replaying like, the same year over and over again. Like do you remember when uh I forget did CJ McCollum have a podcast and he had KD on? This was like a couple years back because it was right after the Warriors lost to the Raptors and the Blazers had made the conference finals. That was like the best a Blazers team had done in the Dame Lillard era, and CJ was talking about how great of the season they had, and he was like, "Yeah, I mean, like, you know, like we were almost there." And Katie was like, "What do you mean almost?" And he was like, "Dude, like we were in the conference finals." And he was like, "Yeah, but like, you lost like four to one, maybe four nothing." Like, he was like, "You you weren't close. Like, yeah, you were in in the series, but you were never close. Like, there was never a question of if you were gonna beat us. You, you just weren't. You know, like you were yeah. lucky to be that far. You know, so when that's the best you have for Dame Lillard, it's it's pretty disappointing. Mm. Yeah, Blazers are loser. Dame, I'm sorry. I hope they get you someone. Um, our last loser of the week, real quick, Con Michael Porter Jr. Baby. Um, someone everyone thought was in for a big year. People probably reached for him in fantasy. He is currently on the year at Con, averaging 10.6 rebounds, 2 assists, on 34% field goal shooting, 23% 3-point shooting, 62% from the free throw line for a 40% effective field goal shooting. Let's go, baby. Having a career year. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not <laughs> a great sign when everybody's like, yeah, like... You unvaccinated Michael fuck. Porter Jr. is going to step up for what Jamal Murray can do, and that's why you're paying him $179 million. And you turn around and you're like, vaccine? No. no 10 points you. a night? Yes, Barely. sir. <laughs> <laughs> like, God. The oof, Nuggets are in for yeah. a long season, Colin, if he's going to do that. Yeah, I feel bad for I, Jokic. Yeah, Jokic is a fantastic player. There's a reason he was the MVP last year. It's going to be quite the test to get this Nuggets team over the hump. You know, they're they're kind of treading water. Now they're four and four after uh, a couple of close losses to the Grizzlies. But man, yeah, it, it's going to be a gauntlet this year. Like everybody can win. All right, like, the Kings are going to fall off at some point. The Kings yes, are going to fall are. off. They're, They're three Harrison four. Barnes yeah, is playing like a top ten player in the NBA right now. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. That's winner that's... Harrison Barnes. I'll tell you that. Loser Marvin Bagley. Um, real quick, Connor in the podcast, we got to do a I little pacers. pacer talk. Um, you know they started the season off terribly, Colin one and six, losing a lot of close games against a lot of good teams. Um, to start the week, Colin, we ripped off a little two game win streak. On Monday, we beat the Spurs. Um, the Spurs are ass. Like, even the Pacers can beat them. And then tonight, we had a pretty convincing win, calling over the New York Knicks. 111-98, to the Pacers won. Um, this is a game in which yeah. Sabonis only scored 10 points, Colin, and we still beat the New York Knicks. 
Um, 17, 8, and 7 from Brogdon. Uh, 21, 2, and 5 from Karis Vertikon. 25, 13, and 2 from Miles Turner with three blocks. Hit a career-high 7 threes tonight. Um, the first game that we've had with Karis and Brogdon so far this season, Con. This unit of four, Con, actually has only played 10 games together last season. Today was their 11th game playing all together. Um, wow. And my boy, Con, Chris Duarte, was the other starter tonight. A beautiful sign to see for the future that Carlisle believes in Duarte. Um, I believe in Duarte. The team believes in Duarte. I love him. And just seeing all four of these guys together on the court, Con, is like really nice to see because it's been something I've been envisioning for a long time. And the offense just flows beautifully when all four of those guys are out there. Um, Brogdon and Sabonis are a constant threat in the pick and roll. Karis Levert's elite driving ability, Con, is something that this Pacers team just didn't have before we got him. And it really opens up our offense when someone can get to the rim slash paint area easily, maybe without a screen. Um, and yeah, Sabonis only scored 7 points tonight. 10 points, Con, and we still won. In our respects, we probably shouldn't win if Sabonis was only scoring 10 points. It was a team effort, baby. And yeah, we held Julius Randle to 18 points. Um, I don't think the Knicks, or the Pacers, are a great matchup for the Knicks because while Julius Randle's going to get it on the offensive end, Con, he has to work... Um, double time on the other floor guarding Sabonis and Miles Turner and yeah good win things are looking up and if the team stay healthy the Pacers are at the very least competitive and that's all I want baby let's take it you also did swear off the Pacers a week ago <laughs> and I'm back so that's how it works yeah that was that was quick that's how you know you're addicted yep it's like doing heroin you're I try to quit and they just pull me right back in Who's they in that scenario? The Illuminati. The Illuminati. Yeah. Okay. Good point. Good point. <laughs> but um, I, don't know why I didn't think of that right away. Dumb <laughs> I question. I think that's. I think that's gonna do it for this Wednesday episode. Con feels good to be back. I love just talking ball when it yeah, doesn't have to I be like all these numbers. Episodes, you know, um, it's it's kind of just for us. You know. Yeah. Hopefully. Just talking hopefully, ball you know with what? my bro. You know what? If if you have some recommendations about stuff you'd like to hear on the the Wednesday podcast. Tweet us. Tweet yes, at us. At, at bench a, at underscore chatter. Bench where you can chatter, see baby. my tweets about the Pacers and the new Survivor episode. <laughs> and I, I had, you and know, no, can I plug my own tweet? Yeah, I, do it. Real I quick, real out, quick. Hurry up. I tweeted, tweeted out Frank Kaminspe, greater sign, DeAndre Payton. And that's going to do it. On. Thanks for listening to another episode of Bench Chatter. Common Man's NBA podcast, and we'll see you guys on Sunday. Peace. See ya.